Welcome back to the Emmaus Athletic Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Douglas, uh, along with my co-host, Matthew Tomlinson. How are you doing today, Matthew? I'm doing pretty well. How's it going, Shane? It's going good. Obviously, that is not Matthew. Uh, I was thinking about going with it. I was thinking about just <laughs> acting like you're Matthew. I should have. Uh, next time, maybe. Because <laughs> uh, like, the people watching would be like, oh, that's not Matthew. But then the people listening were like, that does not sound like, is that Matthew? Matthew sounds like, is he sick? What's going on? No, that would have been, ah, whatever. Oh, well. That would have been pretty funny. How you doing, uh, Eric? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. The I'm- voice of the heavenlies is with us today, so... I've I've filled in once for you now I'm filling in for Matt. I know so. you're always here. You're yeah. just you're here for us. You know, <laughs> you know you're like really staring at me. Matt doesn't really stare at oh, me. Really? So yeah. Um, so like I'm I'm getting good eye contact and I'm, I feel. Like I get it when I host the concerning him podcast. I got to do that with my guests. I got to make okay. it. We got to make it real, feel real conversational. So yeah, I just so stare at them. Yeah. You're good at <laughs> it, man. Like it's it's you're you're staring <laughs> in my soul. I'm like I'm not sure if I want to talk about sports. You know, I I'm, I'm just want to take a nap now. But it's a counseling session. That's I know right. exactly. Just like lay me down and I will open up about all my past trauma. But, <laughs> Sounds good. And speaking of past trauma, we played Grinnell. <laughs> <laughs> big headlines. Oh, big, big, big headlines. Yes. On ESPN. Uh, all, We're all not over. joking. No, not like, not joking at all. Mace Bible College. Yeah. On ESPN. Articles written about us. Highlights going out places. Uh, you said Dan Patrick it show. It was on the Dan Patrick show. On the Dan Patrick Nick, show. Uh, alumni Nick Sterry messaged me telling me it was on uh, the Dan Patrick show. So shout out to Nick Sterry. He listens. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. And say so like this is legit for you listeners who might not be uh, always keeping in touch with EMA sports or just see that oh we got blown out. No, this was an insane game played um, against a what well, they were D three. Yeah, Grinnell's a D three school. D three school in Grinnell, Iowa, just about about two hours away from here. It's, it's between about, here and Des Moines, right? Yeah, so, it's yeah. it's between yeah, it's like about twenty minutes away from Newton. Newton's about it's like okay, yeah, so. It's about like 40 to it's like 45 minutes from Des Moines. But yeah, so we we made it on ESPN. We made it big, everybody. So we're we going. We're going big. We made it. We should probably talk about why we made it. At ESPN. It's true. So we didn't make the headlines because we won because we lost. And this is what we were talking about is uh, trauma in the past because uh, you'll see the score and you're like, oh, my goodness, we we lost. But what really happened is tell them, Eric, what really happened. Grinnell shot nothing but threes, and they set the record for the amount of three-point shots taken in one game uh, in all of college basketball, not just D3, uh, not just the level they're playing at, but all of college basketball, men's college basketball, no team has ever taken that many three-pointers in a game before. They took 111. Attempted. Attempted 111 three-pointers. And they had it was 124 to, I believe, 60... I'm looking at the stat right here. 67. So 124 to 67. Grinnell on top. Emmaus made headlines for losing to Grinnell. Uh, not because of losing, but because of Grinnell setting that record of yep. attempted threes. And this is this is not the first time Grinnell has done this. No, they... Grinnell, Grinnell has an interesting strategy, it seems like. And yeah. it's not necessarily one that I'm going to say is bad. It's just interesting in that they are... Decently competitive with other D3 schools, yeah. right? So they play these other D3 schools. They, they play close. They might lose a little bit more than they win, 
but they like to play a really fast-paced tempo, uh, up-tempo style of basketball where uh, they don't spend a lot of time running through plays. You work in the shot clock down. They get down. They shoot it, shoot, and they get back. And so when they play smaller schools, mm-hmm. um, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago, whenever it was, when they played Faith Baptist, yeah, one of their players sent the record for. Uh, most amount of points in a game, 147, something like that. It yeah, was yeah, a crazy, was a crazy amount of points. Um, <clears throat> they like to say, hey, we're playing this small school. Let's see if we can break some sort of record Yeah, and make the headlines. And in a way, it's it's great publicity for them. I mean, you might want to say there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Oh, yeah. Some people thought it was really cool. It took 111 threes in a game. And some people thought it was really dumb. And why were they beaten up in this small Bible college? Whatever. I don't think I could talk to our coaches, talk to Matthew, talk to Coach Parker. They weren't offended. So everybody that's out there being offended for us, uh, our coaches aren't Mm -hmm. seeming to really be offended. They're happy to, you know, that's, I mean, they don't want to lose. Obviously Uh, they're probably, they're expecting to probably lose. Grinnell's a pretty good team compared to we are this year. Um, But they don't think that it was embarrassing to play in that game or anything like that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. this is, it's something that Grinnell does. and, And what's fascinating is most people around the country would not know of a random D3 school yeah. in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. But because Grinnell does this type of stuff every couple years where they're playing a smaller school and they try to break some record and get in the headlines and get in ESPN, most people have heard of Grinnell. People know Grinnell. People know Grinnell. Dan yeah. Patrick, when I was watching the show, uh, Nick Stair told me about it and I had to like go dig it for it. They were like, oh, Grinnell College, that's that one school that does this to smaller schools. Exactly what you just said. Yep. They they take advantage of the mas- matchup. Uh, and the skill, and they take, uh, they try to beat records. They try to yeah. set records, and uh, they've done it in the past. Like you said, they have the scoring record for all of college basketball, and yep. they did that against uh, one of our uh, uh, rivals, Faith Baptist. Yep. So it's it's within it's within. They just want to beat us Bible people up. <laughs> That's what it is, Eric. I'm just joking. No, it's it, the smaller school aspect. But. It was interesting talking to Coach Parker about it a little yeah. bit at lunch a couple of days ago. He was saying. What he was impressed by with Grinnell is was their level of discipline. The amount of times, because he knows their coach, he talked to the coach afterwards, their coach said only three-point shots today. Nobody's allowed to take a two. No layups, no no two-point jump shots, only three-pointers. And Coach Parker was impressed with their level of discipline. He said they he knew that's what the coach told him to do. These kids would have wide-open layups and pass it out for three. Um they they didn't they didn't have a single three pointer that where their foot was on the line. There was actually two, even an attempted one. They didn't. They were all well enough behind the line. Wow. Uh, there was no kid that was like, well, I got an easy bucket and I want my point, so I'm just going to take it. Nope. Pass out, get a three. And coach Coach Parker was actually impressed by the level of discipline that it takes to accomplish something yeah. like that. Um, I'm sure it can be a little frustrating too. And <clears throat> I know a lot of people have like talked about. Uh, like, why didn't they just guard the perimeter and everything? And I wish, like, maybe you know, but, like, I wish Matthew was here to talk about it. I know Matthew, like, I mean, like, they're not upset. You yeah. know, it is, like, a little frustrating to, like, to have that be done to you. You know, it's just like, oh, they set a record against us, you know? Yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but when, so when the basketball team, when our basketball team plays a team like Grinnell, and I think about this as the assistant soccer coach for Emmaus, when we played a team like Ripon up in Wisconsin. Yeah. We knew going into the game we were probably going to lose. Larger D3 school, pretty competitive. And so me and Coach McHugh said, hey, we're going to this game. We really want to work on these th- things. Yeah. If we get scored on, you know, we were down 1-0 at half. That was a win to us because they're a way better school than us. Um, I think similarly, like, they're looking at this Grinnell 
as a game as an opportunity to grow and to learn some things about themselves and learn how to play against tougher competition. Our team, team, Emmaus is. So if Emmaus goes in and says, scrap everything we're ever going to do on defense for the rest of the season, and let's just stay out in the perimeter and guard the perimeter and leave the paint wide open, well, that's you're never going to play that way against another team. So why would you, if you're using this Grinnell game to learn about yourself and to grow and to learn how to play tougher competition, right? Why would you scrap your whole defensive game plan? Now, if this is a championship game, right? Yeah. And a team's playing like that, then you scrap your defensive game plan and say, hey, we're going to just adapt to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But in a situation like this, it's like, hey, this is our time to grow and learn. And beginning of the season. Exactly. A lot to learn, a lot to grow from. Let's let, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we came out of that game playing better perimeter defense than we did going in. Yeah. You know, or at least having the, uh, the reaction to guard the perimeter, yep. obviously. So, no, it's just crazy, though, that yeah. that happened. Like, I, met, I remember Matt texting us, uh, our uh, admissions group chat, like, the, like, the insaneness yeah. that was going on. And, man, that's crazy, though. But So, if just, just for anybody that's interested, kind of as a result of that game, there's been a lot of people talking, especially on Twitter, about Grinnell, about Emmaus. Uh, coach Sharon Tomlinson, our women's head basketball coach, had a great Twitter thread just kind of talking about who Emmaus is and what we're all about in response to all of that. Uh, she corrected maybe some misinformation out there about Emmaus. So go to Sharon Tomlinson's Twitter account. What, it, it's yeah. her pinned tweet. It's, okay. Yeah, so it's it's a tweet right in the top. It's pinned for Did her. Did it have right a now. lot of like views and looks? Yeah. A lot of people look at yep. it? Yeah. So that's a great, if you're looking for some information about Emmaus, correcting some of the misinformation out there, that'd be a great place to go. Because I know a lot of alum and a lot of people look at this and be like, man, we were trash. Yeah. But it's not that. Yeah. It's it's not it's, that. it's not it's not that view. Like they're yep. looking at it on the outside. But you gotta understand, like, Grinnell did this on purpose. Yep. And we reacted yeah. in a way to grow as well. Yeah. You know, Grinnell probably went in the game, they hey, let's set this record, but maybe they wanted to work on a three point shot too. I don't know their whole story, you know, but they did, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah it worked out for for Grinnell. And I mean, we got some publicity too. Yeah. So hey, we'll nice. take it. Yeah. We'll take it, especially because we were the ones getting beat up. So everybody kind of feels bad for us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not bad publicity. Honestly. It's true. Um, I remember reading some comments on some of the posts. It's like kind of hurtful towards Emmaus. But it's just like, I mean. Yeah. Some yeah. people were kind of hurtful towards Grinnell, though. I'll say that. It's so, true. Yeah. I saw somebody, somebody said uh, Grinnell's out here innovating. By doing something I've done in pickup basketball my whole life. <laughs> that was the best retweet. I don't know who tweeted that. That's that nice. Tweet. I thought that was funny. Yeah, there's, there's some funny stuff. <laughs> I'm off Twitter now, but I, I've heard it was like pretty wild on there. Yeah. But. Should we talk about early next semester for the basketball teams? Yeah. So what's what we got going on? You said a tournament. Uh, it's it's not a tournament. It's, I think they're just it's kind of an invitational. They're just playing. Okay. They're playing Barkley and both teams, men's and women's. It's on the 6th and the 7th of January, right when they're coming back from break. They're playing the uh, Barkley and then Manhattan. I, mean, I think it's Manhattan first. Yeah. And then Barkley back-to-back days. Um, those teams are both teams from Kansas. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a meet in the middle to play. Yeah. Uh, they're playing in Kansas City. And, yeah, so I think that those games are actually before the school year. Uh, they are. The semester starts mm-hmm. up again. Yeah, so the basketball players will come back early and everything. Yeah, but get that, a couple practices we were just here. talking about this beforehand is, like, we have a stretch. Pretty much the, most of the rest of our games are teams within our conference and region. Yep. So – you're not. Go- we're not going to be playing Grinnell anymore uh, this season, or teams like that. But this is going to be we before winter break. So see, uh, the uh, first semester of basketball is over for both teams. But before winter break for the men's team, like uh, now going into the second semester, this is where we're going to take what we learned, 
in in December in November and apply it to how we play in January, February and March. Yep. So, I'm really looking forward to this team and what we can what we can grow from and what we have learned from the the past games yep. moving forward. So, I'm I, I wonder how everything's going to turn out and wherever all the other teams land within their power rating and how how good they are and how we compare to them with a new team. We have a new fresh team and they they're really good and they yep. we're going to ha- be even better next semester because we're getting uh some of the players back. Yep. So, yep. Really looking forward to that. But uh anything else to add for next semester this semester? I don't know. Probably good to mention we probably won't have a podcast yeah. until after those games. It's true. Yeah, so this um, is this is the last podcast of this semester. Yeah, of 2022. Of tw- no. <laughs> yeah, last 2022 podcast um, for you guys. Uh, you can take a little break, a little sabbatical. So are we. Uh, we'll go on break. Uh, not much going on uh, after. I mean, not much going on now until those games yeah. for our basketball team. So uh, looking forward to that. Right now we have an interview with Coach Girardi, Jeremy Girardi. Jeremiah. Did I say Jeremy? He said Jeremy. I was thinking about Jeremy Mao. He's our maintenance guy. <laughs> I got to talk to him later. Shout out to Jeremy Mao. Jeremiah uh, got uh, had a really had a really good discussion with him about the cross country team. He's kind of learning more about how he how the Lord guided him to Emmaus. Yep. What he's done and his uh, goals for this season in the program and what he wants to do in the future for the program of cross country. And in the process of the conversation, Shane got to learn a little bit more about. It cross country and how it works and oh my goodness why in the world people want to run yeah that's pretty much what i asked the whole time <laughs> uh i don't have any journalism background really but so i just asked why do you like running <laughs> but it's a really good interview it's, it's, it's a great interview so you it, guys will enjoy it yeah so we've talked already for a while and i'm sure you don't want to listen to us anymore but listen to uh coach jeremiah and it's, it's, it's pretty long, but it's really good, and I learned a lot, and I hope you guys can learn a lot because cross-country, our cross-country team is blowing up, and yeah, it caught really well. fire this season yeah. here on Emmaus. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to next year yeah. and a year to come for it. Just want to make a quick plug. When you're done listening to Shane interview Coach Girardi uh, from Realms of Glory. Realms of Glory. From Realms of Glory, Dr. J.J. Routley, I tell you, he's putting in a lot of work. Uh, I've been in the studio with him a lot recording those episodes. Uh, we've got a good editor working on that as well. Is that uh, you? I'm not the editor. Okay. No, Mackenzie Roundhill. Shout out Mackenzie Roundhill. Shout out. Uh, no, we got. She's doing great. JJ's putting a ton of work into those. Uh, one one episode every day, December 1st through December 25th. If you haven't started listening yet, you can go back. They're between eight and ten minutes long each, all focusing on the birth of Christ, uh, culminating Christmas Day. So check out from Realms of Glory. It's a fantastic short little podcast, real bite sized type of listens and then uh always check out the concerning him podcast i have to always yeah i walked into jj when i was coming to the studio and he just pushed me he was like a little bully you know he he has an indiana jones whip and everything so he's just like no i'm just joking i love jj listen to that realms from realms from realms of glory there you go you got it i'll start listening myself there you go i can't tell you to listen to it until i listen to it myself (laughs) so i'll listen to it but you guys should too as well. At this time, let's talk to Coach Girardi and learn more about cross country and what it means to run. And welcome back, I guess, from uh, Eric and I's introduction earlier. But we have Coach Jeremiah Girardi here with us. Hello. Jeremiah, how are you doing today? 
Good. How are you? I'm well. It's funny. Funny fact about uh, Jeremiah and I's relationship <laughs> is we just met two minutes ago. <laughs> uh, more the. <laughs> Uh, formally, formally, we've we've like um, past yeah, we've like done <laughs> a lot of passing, but you know we don't really see each other that much, you know, within because you usually come here for uh, for uh, dinners, you know, yep. uh, during cross country season mm-hmm. and so, practice and practice. So I mean, I see you running, yep. and I'm just like, I, I that's not a good time. Back, like, hey Jeremiah, <laughs> my name's Shane. Just catch nice up to, to me. Meet you, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I I'm not the I'm not the runner, so. But uh, yeah, it's great to have you here, man. It's good to be here. Awesome. So yeah, Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah is the the head cross country coach here at Emmaus Bible College, and mm-hmm. um, we've had we had a just a fantastic season this yeah. year. I would say so. You know, I don't know what your thoughts are, but we're we're about to hear them. You know, but before mm-hmm. we get into the season and your uh, your goals for the future, uh, I want to hear about kind of what got you to Emmaus. All right. Yeah. I. Uh, been in Dubuque now for seven or so years. I came back after college for my full-time job. Then I spent some time coaching with uh, Bellevue uh, High School first. Okay. Then, then I was with uh, Hempstead as well for a couple years. Then I got married, had some kids, took a little break from, nice. from coaching. Then I got connected with uh, Coach McHugh through church. Mm. So that's how I kind of found my way to Emmaus and went through the application process to start the, the cross-country team and went from there. I love it. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. I didn't – that's like – I mean, everything that I'm hearing, I know is first time for so viewers too. So um, what uh, you got connected through – McHugh through church. What church mm-hmm. is that? Uh, Crossroads in okay. Fiesta. Awesome. Okay, sweet. And then you have a daughter. What's her name? Yep. Charlotte is my daughter. Then I have a son, Joshua. Okay. Charlotte is so cute. <laughs> she's, she's pretty wild. I, 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 like, she's just so cute. I just see her sometimes when I'm at dinner just walking around. I'm like, that is a cute child. That is, <laughs> that's awesome. So good job. I'm pr- uh, I'm, oh, uh, kudos to you. So, uh, but, uh, so tell me a little, tell us a little bit about like your story and how, like, so we got, we found, you, you told us how you got to Emmaus and mm-hmm. really honestly, just like, I feel like some domino effects, but that's how a lot of people, you know, for you, for you listeners and viewers, uh, there's a lot of people get, um, not just to Emmaus, but where they are in life, it's just a lot of dominoes. You know, I love hearing people's story, mm-hmm. how they got to Emmaus. I got here from a misinformed scholarship for my mother, <laughs> uh, when my sister was applying that got me to come, um, to Emmaus and I hear, and I don't regret it. So you're just like, I came the dominoes. I can see it. Um, the Lord's guidance. So how, what is else, uh, how did, how has the Lord worked in your life and how did you, uh, come to know Christ, um, as your savior? Yeah, I um, kind of my biggest part of I grew up in a Catholic home, so I've been uh, going to church and knowledgeable like my whole life in Christianity. Then I went to college down in Kansas on a like a track and cross country scholarship. So I ran down there for them. And then after I graduated, after about a year, I came up here because it was really, really convenient as. So the Lord definitely worked yeah. in that way where oh, yeah. I could get the job that I wanted back home. I grew up in Maquoketa, so it's real okay. real close. So definitely worked in that way where I could come back and get into a job immediately when I came back for my, my full-time work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep, then I kind of went in there and 
got back into, well, I've never stopped running, but I kind of got into the coaching scene at that point and kind of, I said, domino effects that got me here now. Awesome. So you're from Makokona? Yeah, I grew up in Makokona. Okay, so did you do a lot of caving then? I actually, um, where I started running was at the caves. Oh, wow. So that just that's a lot of uphill, downhill stuff. Um, and steps, lots of okay. steps. My, uh, my dad and my uncle started running there when I was about 10 years old. And I wanted them to bring bring me along too yeah. so they reluctantly did so at the time then uh at first i couldn't keep up with them okay. but uh after a couple of years i had a big growth spurt started running and mm-hmm. uh they couldn't keep up with me anymore i so. love it <laughs> <laughs> now now tell me tell me and everyone who has asked themselves their entire life why do you enjoy running um i think it's just bringing then I found that I'm good at it, which doesn't doesn't hurt. Okay. So and it's just fun to be. I like to run out in the, the trails. We have some amazing trail systems in Dubuque, so it's fun to be out in nature. I know yesterday morning I was out running with with my dog, and we at the like the mines of Spain. We saw like ten deer out there. Mm. So it's like fun to be out in the wildlife, and even with town, it's just a good good healthy habit to have. And I definitely feel better on the days that I run than when I don't. So. How many, how many miles do you like typically like put in a day or when you, when you are running? Uh, it's very during my lifetime. Okay. So when I was, uh, training for some like more serious races, I'd put in, uh, 50, 60 miles a week, which wow. equates to sometimes that's more miles I ran in my life. <laughs> so 10 plus miles at a time. And okay pretty regularly right now it's a little more casual maybe what's casual please tell me what your casual <laughs> is. uh like four or five six miles at a time okay okay I, we had a professor here uh who would run like six miles a day so i i can uh-huh. i can okay i was i, I was I, th- I was thinking that you were about to say like 10 plus or <laughs> no. something i'm like that's nuts, I'm not doing that right just now. casual you know just you know i don't really feel like you know, watching TV or being productive right now. So I'm just going to go run for 10 miles and <laughs> have the time of my life. I love to hear it. So, uh, so that kind of led you to have a collegiate career. Mm-hmm. You know, how did that collegiate career? I don't know if I'm like, uh, touching, touching, uh, anything that might be like, you know, hurtful to you. Oh, it was no. like, Oh no, you know, I was state championship. I was running, I tripped on a, on a twig and <laughs> I lost, I lost it. You know, I so like, what was your, uh, your career like in high school and college and such? Um, in high school, I was solid for Makokoda. Okay. I made it to state in cross country once and track. I made it to state three times, but awesome. n- never placed there. So I was okay, but not great by any means. Mm. And in college, I actually kind of came into my own a little bit even more. So I really enjoyed my, my time running there where I actually broke a couple of school records. And okay. Made Flex it, on us. Flex on us. <laughs> yeah. Made it the nationals in cross country, which is a fun experience. That's awesome. So, yeah. And what school was that you said? Uh, Bethany College in okay. Kansas. Okay. Let's not yep. talk about them because we were only talking about this. <laughs> I don't know why I asked. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so what like, so uh, what makes... This might be an odd question. I just want to get to know the sport more cross country because mm-hmm. it it for I mean if you guys listen to Matt and I this season, we were in love with our team this year. We were like this mm-hmm. team is killing. It came out of nowhere, and we'll <laughs> yeah. get to them. Like they they all just killed it this year. You know, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the, at the beginning of the year, we had like uh uh we had our uh, freshmen just 
destroy and do incredible. Mm-hmm. And then the back end, all the upperclassmen and the returners from last year started just stepping up too, and they were killing it. So, like, the whole team had a great season, you know, uh, individually and, and as a team, you know, set a lot of records and mm-hmm. uh, made some a lot of accomplishments. Uh, and we'll get into that. But, what like, what is it that makes you a good player? runner i guess like what makes you good at cross country because cross country is a different sport mm-hmm. it's it's completely you you talk to someone who's a track star mm. and they're you're like oh so you want to run cross country and they're like no <laughs> right. i do not want to run cross country like that's what they would rather like i don't they would rather do anything else but run, run cross country because you have to be different yeah distance you know? running is a different beast for sure yeah so like i'm sure there's a lot of physical there's obviously a lot of physical aspects that go into it but i would think mentally too would you what would you say oh yeah mentally is a huge part of it and keeping i think goals are a big thing that help mm-hmm. keep motivated even on days you don't feel good yeah. keeping those <laughs> goals in mind are surely important then they can help keep you kind of grounded too but i think the big thing with cross country and distance running in general is just uh being consistent with everything and just taking everything like step by step day Mm -hmm. by day as we're just gradual improvement here gradual improvement there and yeah and you do that for weeks or months or years sometimes and you definitely can see the progress which we definitely definitely were able to this year a lot of growth for sure Mm -hmm. yeah that's i mean i think about mental a mental game and aspect of 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 games and athletes and cross country is a huge one because like Mm -hmm. i don't know it's it's not easy yeah what do you (laughs) think about when you're running like do you like you said goals so you do you set yourself like okay you know two more steps (laughs) or like what is it like or is like you're running and you're like oh that's a really nice tree (laughs) or you're Uh you're like admiring someone's hair or something like I need a haircut like that that you're racing <laughs> like what is, is this like oh, is it all over the place do you try to get do you try to focus on the finish line on like the next step of the race or do you like just try to get lost in your head and just autopilot or like I don't know like what is it uh for me personally it's that time has been all of the above okay <laughs> so sometimes my, my mind just waters oh like if i'm on a long run it's a i found a great time for prayer even mm. just finding mm-hmm. that time where my cutting just sounds weird but like run like without thinking about it and use yeah. that time to talk to god and think about god so that's rose runs are amazing for sure they, I lo- yeah. i'll just click by then times i like look at looks th- things around look at trees or trees. squirrels a nice or, oak right there. I <laughs> like that that's oak. A, that's a pretty tree. No. Yeah. <laughs> but uh then th- I think during race kind of like race time you definitely think about the competition, think yeah. about the the person ahead of you working on getting to them and continuously like finding that that next uh finish line within mm-hmm. the finish or within the race too. Okay. And then uh, when the, you get to the last part of the race definitely the finish line is definitely a big motivator. Oh, so. yeah. I'm sure, like, having a lot of small goals, like you said, is just like, I'm going to beat that person. And once when you beat them, then you're like, oh, I'm going to beat that person. Yeah, you it's know? a moving target yeah, for sure. I, and I feel, I, after talking to a lot of the runners this year and even last year, too, just hearing stories of how, like, I don't remember <laughs> the last mile. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, they were autopilot the whole time. And I don't know uh-huh. how that works. Like, that's just, like, insane. Like, they just in autopilot zone. the whole game the or the whole match uh, or, or race. And it's just, Wow. Or me, I should say, not match. I just use so many different terms. Like <laughs> the terms for different sports are all over the place. But you mentioned how you like you sometimes you pray when you run, and you know I noticed that like the cross country team, 
um, second year as a program, mm-hmm. you guys have really set uh set your your mark set your your name as uh, a very spiritual um growth uh, a lot of spiritual growth within the team and spiritual family you know you guys really have came together um it, to to look to christ as as brothers and sisters but also to uh be a family and i you we saw that mm-hmm. a lot we heard about it a lot here at emmaus you guys would have dinner together mm-hmm. after like every practice mm-hmm. You guys would have a lot of, uh, like you said, some um, some Bible time and um, prayer time too. So, what did that look like this season, going into the season? What did it? What was your goals, your spiritual goals as a team? Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, I kind of my pillars of the program are number one is to to honor and glorify God. Mm. So, I think we do that through like everyday life and just keeping ourselves grounded in that way, keeping our ultimate goal towards towards yeah. god mm-hmm. so that's kind of the big number one how we like represent our ourselves and emmaus mm-hmm. then kind of things within that we obviously like pray before every uh race and practice and typically uh, i kind of pass the the buck especially during practice where our team is going to be the one one mm-hmm. praying for us and i definitely throughout the year at some point everybody their yeah. own, own prayer some some more than others but they all took accountability and kind of initiative in that way which is a lot of fun mm-hmm. then you saw us at uh at dinner times um on mondays after the our long runs we uh did a devotional together where yeah. every week i i gave them like a topic and we would talk about that incorporating it within cross country in the bible so this is definitely a lot of fun and i definitely learned stuff from from them as well i'm mm. really really impressed with the team and their like spiritual knowledge and growth yeah. that i've seen within them that's no that's awesome like paul was an athlete athlete himself and mm-hmm. he used he, he loved he, using he talk about runners yeah so i'm sure you guys eat that up and <laughs> you've used that you know maybe maybe too much but i mean it's there you know there's a lot to learn from um, just one verse in the Bible. So that's really awesome. I love to hear that and even see your family, the family you guys have created and how you have uh, um, dinner in Pollard, like a uh, carbo load before meets. Yep. Before every race. Yeah. And like uh, what you'd have Brandon sit at the, the head of the table or something like that <laughs> with his, his glass of water and everything. Yeah. How did that look? The, who, who cooked the meals? Tell me, tell us about the family. Tell us about the family you guys created on the team. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we did, uh, meals uh for every race you'll start there and usually my wife the assistant coach elizabeth she awesome. she cooked for us mm. which is good stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your guys's go-to carbo load meal uh usually pasta just pasta and then we, pasta and some fruits okay and what kind uh, of pasta like you know i i you know i'm i'm i have a little italian in me i've been mm-hmm. to italy so like what kind of pasta you guys um, you guys the, be having the, Best, uh, the most request was like a lasagna. Just lasagna. Stuff. Yep, pretty, pretty simple, but it was it's okay. good stuff. Okay, fair enough. And the team loves chocolate milk. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and it, it can be really good for you after like a workout too, so yes. that's, that's nice. So, man, that's crazy that you guys just put that stuff inside your bodies and then run mm-hmm. so so far, so, so <laughs> long. Yep. Like running for 30 minutes or something, that's just insane. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that I can't really... I can't really think about it. It's just nuts. I'm sorry. It's just like, I mean, we've talked about it. Uh, Matt and I have talked about it all season. It's just like, these guys are good at running and I don't know how they are, but I mean, like, you know how anyone is because this is running. But, mm-hmm. uh, so you are the, you're the, you're the men's cross country coach yep. by men and women's, yep. men, men's. Oh yep. yeah. 
men's and women's cross country scope by by night. By yeah. day, what are you? What's your what is your um, your other job? Your my, other title? My full time job. I investigate like money laundering for a, a group of banks. So, moving on from that, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. That is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric from the Heavenlies brought that up uh, right before we started recording, and I was like, "What? <laughs> is that even a thing?" I don't like. I, I <laughs> we can just have a whole podcast about that. So stay tuned in the next concerning him. I'm just joking, uh, but. No, so that's that's crazy. You do that by day, and then your Batman <laughs> is cross country coaching, mm-hmm. and you've enjoyed it. And tell me, what was your guys? So you told me you talked to us about your spiritual, your family goals coming into the season, your pillars. So what were your athletic goals as a team individually? What were they? Yeah, I'll kind of add my additional pillars at this time. There we go. I, uh, so number one, honor and glorify God. Number two for us is to improve and grow. Mm. So we definitely were able to see that year where everybody on the team got their their PR this year, which was amazing for us. That's awesome. So I th- feel like that's the, the name of the game as to where we can grow definitely within our times and also just as a person growing in confidence and believing in yourselves. And so for some people, like, finding themselves as leaders and mm-hmm. so, so it's just different growing in different things as a person as well as on the course and in the back of my mind I obviously want the want the team to get the nationals yeah. which which we were able to this year so definitely I think huge first, accomplishment yeah the first goal was to to get there and as the season went on it's with this kind of a moving target I'm like all right we can get there now can we place but yeah. unfortunately we just came up a tiny bit short on placing mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. but uh no it's just a moving target and getting there especially year 2 of the program for the girls and both of the the guys on the team getting there this year was huge for us yeah so. it does the course uh like the course on the meet matter significantly to where where's everyone is placing like for so let's use like Anna for example like one of her best races this year was one of the most hilly uh-huh. hilly courses that you guys ran mm-hmm. you know so compared that to uh, maybe a less hilly you know more flat uh, uh, terrain for one of the meets like does that matter significantly to uh, some of the players strengths and weaknesses is like is that something that you guys take in mind? Um, to growth and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Every cross country mm-hmm. course is different, and we recognize that. And every, uh, like the same course, even is different from year to year based on different factors of weather. Mm. Um, sounds funny, but like how how tall the grass is, how hard the ground is, kind of thing. Okay. So just there's a ton of different factors in place. It's kind of just all measurements and we obviously want to be faster than we were there yeah. last year but we have to kind of keep things in perspective sometimes too but definitely most parts i guess there's a good mix on flat versus hilly courses this yeah. year but i think it plays into some of their strengths as to uh-huh. be some of the hilly course especially like anna she she loves when there's a little bit more hills especially that's crazy kind of uh like a mix of the up and down she mm-hmm. likes the the downhill where she can get that momentum and like kind of use that as a, a break a little bit to keep the the motor going so no that's great so like yeah what is some of your guys' strategies going into the courses like is that a huge strategy of like discussing how to run the course like hey guys this is this is what the course looks like this is mm-hmm. this is going to be uh this is going to help us a lot if we if we run this way do you guys have mm-hmm. a, a lot of meetings like that a lot of team discussions of strategy within the courses or you just let them run 
uh, for the most part, I'll let them run. Mm-hmm. I usually kind of give them a game plan for the, the first mile, making yeah. sure they get out in a good position, but not too fast as to where they're going to like fizzle out and struggle the last half of the race. But mm-hmm. then when we get to a course, we'll typically walk or jog most of it as kind of our warm up to kind of get a feel of the course and know what to expect during the race. Yeah. So. Okay. No, there's so yeah, there's like more strategy than, than, than we think that goes into just <laughs> yeah. to running. Yeah. So, okay. That's awesome. So, so some of your goals is you beat, you were able to accomplish a lot of your goals going into the season, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And you guys had a great season. Well, how would you, how would you define this year's cross country team? Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I think, uh, uh, I think goals is a good word and yeah. w- moving goals, okay. like moving and goals. So yeah. there was, uh, even within the individuals, especially, I know Kelsey, thinking about her, uh, coming into the season, she was, she like underdog. She killed it this year. Yeah. Her, uh, her goal was to run under 30 minutes where last, cause last year her like personal best was around like 36, 30. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first race, she already ran under 30 minutes. That's incredible. So I'm like, all right, we're going to definitely have to, to move this goal. Yeah. So by the end of the season at Nationals, she was 25-11, which was over 11 minutes faster than her personal best last year, which that, was yeah. huge. That's a, That was a huge headline that Matt and I discussed in one of our first podcasts of talking mm-hmm. about the cross-country team and how that was a massive accomplishment and everything. But so what were what are some of your guys's what like going into the future? What are your goals with the program for cross-country? Yep, I think yeah, keeping the pillars in mind. Yeah, as kind of I think constantly going to be the kind of the root of it. So honor Lord for God to uh, improve, and number three for me is to to have fun. Yeah. So and I think that comes with uh, we're generally pretty lighthearted group. I know Anna during the season was kind of a a fun quote as to where she said. Uh, I like our team. We're kind of like a family. We can make fun of each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Stuff like that where we can be lighthearted and laugh with and sometimes at each other, I mm. guess. So kind of keeping grounded in that way. And obviously as uh, the Bible college, like number one is always to uh, the honorful, uh, yeah. honor and glorify God in mm-hmm. that way. But I think we can uh, continue to make some, make some noise at the, the national level as we kind of grow and continue on this process. No, I love it. I love the growth of the program. That's already happened in over over a year. It's the second year going into the third year next year. Hopefully we can bring in a lot more prospects, a lot more athletes to help grow the team, especially the men's team. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's we're really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure you are too. And mm-hmm. I just can't imagine all the do you, all the like the 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 hype uh motivation speeches that you give them before <laughs> games do you do you do that or is it just like go team you know let's go let's <laughs> throw, throw down that apple that pasta then let's go run <laughs> uh, before a race we'll do a team fair then okay. i yeah, usually right. like to uh I, i'm not too much of a rah-rah but i give them some some words of wisdom there you and go. Such, I, I can so. just imagine you like braveheart it man you got like <laughs> face paint on or something and you're you're yelling at the troops during the race i get that it's all about intimidation jeremiah yes you show up with face paint to (laughs) me you're going to intimidate all the rest of the schools and they're not going to be 
Yeah, close. They don't want to be like mind will be all confused. It, yeah, and then when they're racing against our students, our, our <laughs> athletes for our cross country team, they're not going to be one. Of, they don't want to be close to them because they're going <laughs> to freak them out. So intimidation. We need it's, more intimidation. intimidation but yeah. I'm gonna give you some time. I gave the rest of the coaches, Coach McHugh, Coach Hannah, Buddy, uh, some time to plug their program. So Jeremiah, here's your time. You can look at the camera for the people watching, right. or you can even just speak for the people that are listening. But mm-hmm. tell us, tell them why they should come to Emmaus and run for their cross-country team. Yeah, for sure. I think number one is to recognize the, the Bible college aspect um, as to where I think a huge thing is at Emmaus where we can uh, grow spiritually and in addition to our academics and athletics. So I love to tell the recruits that, and it's a special, special thing at Emmaus where we can surround ourselves with uh, like Christian-minded people in that way where we can, like, um, hold each other accountable and kind of help uh, help each other grow in that way. So like iron sharpens iron kind of yeah. idea. Yeah. So um, then definitely within the program, our our three pillars are huge for us. Uh, like I said, to honor and glorify God and to improve. I'll kind of give a plug to our runners this year. Um, uh, Anna, our number one girl runner. So um, she... Um, I'll get some, some times, mm-hmm. uh, her PR around like 2110. So prior to this year, she, as a freshman, she, her PR is around 2150. So about 40 seconds and Kate, um, she was about 10 seconds, but got under 22 for the first time ever, nice. which was huge for her. Then Leela started, um, last year with us, never running competitively before in her entire life. Her first race was a little over 30 minutes, and she absolutely crushed it at nationals this year, running her PR at 23.14, so about seven minutes there. Then Amy was, those two are like right with each other the the whole course, and just even with outside of race time, they're just kind of the the glue of the team for sure is that we call them their team mom and dad. It's kind of fun. I like that. The, where they're kind of the, the leaders and help everybody, especially the, the younger ones. But um, she was right at 23.42 for her PR. Uh, so breaking the, pretty much another seven minute from last year. Like I said, Kelsey being 11 minutes faster, which yeah. was huge and like kind of, I think a great motivator for anybody new coming in to recognizing, oh, I might not be like where I want to be at this point, but give it a year time like Kelsey did, putting in the work that she did, and you can be 10 plus minutes faster, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, then our Carolyn broke our about a seven minute PR as well, got 30 minutes flat. Dang. So that'll hopefully give her some fire for next year to yeah. break that, that 30 minute barrier, which I know, know she can do. She made some huge strides. Then our Abby, a huge PR at our national race was probably, probably the best moment we had all year. Like she, uh, her goal was under 40 minutes Yeah, and again, like never running prior to this year at all at nationals she was really pushing towards that and got like crushed that 40 minutes going at like 37 40 wow so i just remember her like crossing the finish line i gave her like a giant hug and she's just like bawling in my arms that's awesome like as a coach with my heart so it's like look like this is what it's for that's so awesome. that's just amazing so it's like improving then for our guys team too mm-hmm. uh both of them were freshmen coming in uh so brandon ran in high school but never a 8k like we do do here so it's kind of a 
new territory for mm-hmm. him, but ended up breaking the, the school record for yeah. us, which was very, very impressive. I know at the national meet, he unfortunately got sick and oh, didn't have yeah. the race that he wanted, but That's he still, tough. still crushed it and just showing the, the toughness and the grit in that way, which is really, really great to see. Then our Caleb never ran cross country or never ran in general for like a race in his life. Um, he had some like, um, athletic background, but not distance running by any means and ended up making it to nationals and running a personal best at nationals too, like, uh, 31 40, which was great, great time for for like over five miles. That's amazing. First year running too. First year running. So definitely gives some motivation to, I know both of them next year want to break that 30 minute barrier. And Mm -hmm. I very, very confident that they will, they'll get there. That's awesome, and I just hearing your excitement within the team and how you plug the the uh, the program itself. It's a family, and that's what mm-hmm. it is here at Emmaus. Is we are uh, we're a family here, and that's that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that within every aspect of, um, of, of of anything here within the programs, within the athletics, and it's it's amazing. It really reflects the the church and. Uh, what the universal church is. And I, I love to hear the spark, the energy of I just talking about your, your players and uh, they're not your players. They're, they're your family, you know, like you said, we, so we like them and it's great. Um, like raising my, my two kids like around them too, which is amazing yeah. having godly men and women to like help, mm-hmm. help with my kids. I see them every day and it's just amazing in that way where they have great, amazing role models that they have mm-hmm. talking about their faith and living that out. So I love it. I love it. Well, for any of you who are interested in cross country or want to, or like running, <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, likes running or interested in cross country, hit us up, find us on our athletic recruitment site, um, on our athletic page, or even just fill out an application or a, um, a request card, a, a request info card on, on our website. So uh, please get in contact. Or if you know anyone that wants to, that is interested, please let them know, guide them to this podcast. Thank you, Coach Jeremiah. I appreciate it, man. I'll shake your hand, man. Sounds good. I appreciate you coming. And thank you, everyone. And have a great night.